This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. With Savior Labs, we do a lot of work with updating people's websites and getting them up to speed. But one of the things that we constantly see is people's websites that are woefully out of date. We actually have another podcast that we do called Save Your Site, and it is investigating and looking at people's websites and doing an audit of them. One of the ways in which we think people can be doing a good job to keep their website up to date is just keeping the keeping it fresh. I know that seems a bit redundant, but keeping yeah, so keeping keeping your website fresh, keeping it up to date. And we just want to offer seven ways to keep your website fresh. And let's just kick right into it. The first, one of the more important things is having a blog on your website. Well, I, I think it's not necessarily having a blog. I mean, a blog is a tool that allows you to introduce content. Yeah. That's the point of a blog is it prompts you. Now you have a place to make content that can be extemporaneous and from you or your employees or people close to the the organization so you have to for, you have to remember not to forget what's the goal of your website and just like you get haircuts yeah. you clip your nails you if you're a man you shave or maybe if you're a woman I don't know yeah. <laughs> uh, so all of these things you buy new clothes yeah. you know your your clothes you wash them Uh, are all maintenance activities so that the people in our lives will be able to better interface with us. If we don't do those things, they are impediments to interaction. And so the same thing happens on a website. Why would I come to your website? There's nothing new on it. Yeah. I think it's a great step to back up and ask, why are you keeping the content fresh? Right. And it's not just so that people can interface with you, but it's actually so that people can find you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the first step of interface is to be able to find somebody. If you're in an empty room, you can't do that. If, you, yeah. if you're in a room with a bunch of people and you see somebody that's wearing your sports team's jersey, huh, hey, they must be interested in that. And that's a reason to go and engage with them. Yeah. So I think that, you know, content is critical. You know, if, if uh, there's seven ways, the top six should be content. Yeah. <laughs> new content, new content, new yeah. content. We are people who are social creatures, yeah. and we are fascinated by new content and new yeah. ideas. Yeah, and so I, the way to jumpstart that in terms of content, actually a lot of our topics for seven ways to keep your website fresh are going to be content. The blog, we touched on it. Let's talk a little bit more in detail. How can we, how can we do a blog? How can we keep a blog fresh? Because one of the perennial problems yes. of a blog is... Hi, sorry, I haven't posted in a while. Right, exactly. And the post before that was, hi, sorry, I haven't posted in a while, and they're two years apart. Yes, exactly, yes. Well, first of all, I think you have to have it, you have to define that it is valuable in your yeah. own mind, because we do, people do what they want to do. Yeah. And so if you're writing a blog, it's a commitment. It is something you have to do. And if you're, whatever business you're in, or whatever uh, cause you're championing, you need to effectively communicate about that. So if you're interested in saving the the squirrels, you know, because there's a problem with, you know, squirrels are on the endangered species list. And you are you need to ha- make that impassioned plea and, you know, push that message. Yeah. I literally I picked something that was absurd because it's like, well, they're not on the endangered species list. Most people consider them a nuisance. Right. So you would have to have a compelling argument. Right. For people to be able to engage in that and mm-hmm. say, oh, that's a good point. 
Yeah. Now, you know, if you're in the uh, lawn care business and you say, you know, get ready for winter, do this and this. If you're thinking about you have some dead spots in your lawn, now is the time to plant seeds. Yeah. People will see that and say, oh, yeah, we're reducing the cognitive load for them. We're yeah. saying, hey, you've got a problem. I've just identified a solution to it and can right. help you do that. That's what a blog, that's what content has to do, yeah. is add value to the consumer, the, yeah. the person who's going to consume that content. Yeah. And I think as well for you in your industry, whether it's real, real estate or restaurant management or you know niche markets of how to do bracelets, mm-hmm. Writing blog content postures you as a leader Absolutely. in your industry, whatever the industry is. If it's whaling, right. whether it's you know lawn care, you are constantly. What we experience here at Saber Labs is we are constantly learning and seeing new ways in which we can be doing our business, the ways we can be serving our, our customers, and in some ways making the value that this is important. And then turning that into one hour time slot a week. Right. I'm going to write a blog post about this. Right. We naturally share information. That is the the human condition. Oh, you know, if you if you listen to the small talk that happens when a family comes together at the end of the day, it's like, oh, what? Oh, did you see they're building a new this? Or yeah, did you yeah. see this? Or you did see that? That's information that's going across. Even that trivial stuff yeah. that sort of makes up our very fabric of our of our being. Or you know, I read this really interesting thing, or I saw this funny picture. That could be simply your blog. Yeah. You know, you're adding value. Now, you know, you should maybe, you know, if you're a painter, you know, here's five ways to paint your own room. And yeah. of the 10 people who read that, four of them might say, you know, I'm just going to hire them. Yeah. And, and so that conversation, that value proposition is critical in it. And, you know, so we talked about blog, we'll move into social media. Yeah. Well, social media is just a way to advertise that, to perpetuate, to expose that to more people out in the world. Yeah. And so that's critical. Your website, though, has to be fresh. Yeah. If, if you came home every day and made the same thing for dinner, you would grow tired of it. Yeah. So if you turned on the TV and the same show was on, right. you would grow tired of it. You know, it might be the greatest episode of Andy Griffith, but it's that's the only show that they play on the Andy Griffith channel. Yeah. You're not going to be really interested in coming back to that. Well, and I think the blog and the social media are, are two key ways, especially in our day, of indicating that you're still a viable company. Absolutely. Are you still in business? <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many websites I've gone to, and I've looked at it and been like, oh, this is very interesting. And they have a blog like, oh, what's on the blog? Oh, it's two years old. Right. I click on the Twitter account. Oh, they, they made a post nine months ago. Right. I, is there still anybody hired by right. this company? And they, and they could be an ongoing concern, but yeah. you don't know that because of the lack of information on their website. Yeah. And, and just one of my pet peeves, I don't think it's on this list, is that it has to work on mobile. Yeah. And it has to be easy to look for the information on mobile. We've talked a lot about restaurants, and, you know, when you go to a restaurant site, what are your hours? What are your, where are you? Yeah has to be the top thing and you know i don't care about if i don't have that i don't care how good your chef is yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean or what what specials you have today yeah so anyway keeping your copy fresh is yeah. critical yeah. because you know as you're saying nine months well two months one month yeah it's like Who knows? you know are they are they have they given up yeah well one way to do i think before we move on to our third point in terms of keeping your copy fresh or refreshing your copy and with the blog and social media, 
I think you can actually just, if you have employees, mm -hmm. we started doing this with Save Your Lives. Hey, as you're working out this project idea, yeah. would you just write 300 words on how to do that, how you did that? Right. Or Absolutely. Or the success of doing that. And then with social media, just taking pictures of you know, company events or right. the, the place where your company is at, I think adds a personal touch and makes your company accessible. Absolutely. I mean, that's key is you need to give people insights into a secret world. Yeah. you know, that they don't have otherwise. Yeah. And it's huge, huge to do that. So the third thing that we put on the list is copy refresh. Yes. I think the reason this comes to mind is basically the way I see people do websites is they put a lot of effort for a week in mm -hmm. their website and then the, the copy stays the same right. five years down the road. Yep. People have changed their, the way they look. The company has focused its organizational priorities. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> you know, and so taking the time to, to go back and revisit that content and reflect on the right. website. I think that's true. I think, you know, in children, infants, there's this thing called failure to thrive. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the assumption that a child will thrive. Right. You know, thankfully, there's not a lot of failure to thrive in modern society. Yeah. But really, when you don't change your website, when your child isn't gaining weight in an infant, yeah. when they aren't Oh, starting to crawl yeah. or reaching for things. When those yeah. those sort of stepping stones don't occur, doctors come in, oh, it's failure to thrive here. We need to intervene. Yeah. And that's really what you're doing with your website is you're, right. you're demonstrating the failure to thrive. Is, yeah. you know, obviously nothing new is happening. You know, yeah. I, I could see, you know, we have the number one widget that does X, Y, and Z, and that will never change. You're going to have a lot more traction if you show that thriving. I've sat with many potential customers that then became customers where I was asking them the question, are you still in business? Are you right. are you planning to stay in business? Do you want to stay in business? Yeah, because right. based on your signals that you're sending out, I don't see that. Yeah. And that's copy refresh is critical to put into your schedule a time where you re-look at that content. And I would say minimally six months. Yeah. Every six months, you should be changing something on your content copy and really rethinking about that. Yeah, I mean, because if you're if you're a company like like ours, Save Your Lives, we are constantly, I mean, almost on a weekly or monthly basis, refining. Oh, we we need to correct right this, this exactly direction. We need to adjust these things, and just reflecting that in your website. Yeah. I mean, our website goes. I mean, almost every three months we're updating yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's a work in process. Yeah. It's always, it's never going to be finished. Yeah, I think, and I think that on the copy refresh, it just addresses this once and done on the website. Yeah, that's just not realistic. Yeah. You know, things change. Yeah. So moving from copy refresh, the second thing, I put this on our list, basically existing on multiple platforms. Right. And I this might sound daunting to people, but I think the gateway into this is addressing the whole idea of lazy assets. Can you talk us through that? Sure. I mean, the concept of you've done one thing. Do it, reuse it, repurpose it. Yeah. Whether it be, ha I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but you could say if somebody's doing something new for the first time, have them document that. Yeah. Well, that's, you're producing, you're taking something and producing something extra out of it. Or you wrote a white paper. Yeah. Well, now maybe you want to have a an audio interview about that white paper. Right. 
some people are going to latch onto that audio interview or do a video podcast right. on that to say, you know, here's we're talking about how to fix this. Well, yeah. Let's do a little video of it. Yeah. And don't worry, it doesn't have to be super high quality. Yeah. You know, make sure the sounds good and somebody's holding the camera steady yeah. and it's got good light and you know, people will appreciate that. And so yeah. the point is you don't have to come up with completely new original content. If you have a thing, you know, you're let's say an investment advisor, um, and you just want to beat the drum for people to save money. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. Two months later, rewrite it. Now, I know I said this two months ago, but I can't emphasize enough. You need to save money. Yeah. Here's a list of three people in history that have saved money and what yeah. they got them. You know, and you know. Yeah. And so it's it's not like oh I have to come up with the new pithiest thing in the world. Yeah. No. Well, and I think the, the the topic of lazy assets, what you're talking about, gets us into the idea of being on multiple platforms because. You can take, for example, with this podcast, we sit down and we do the talk, right. and then we produce a transcript and we put it, the lazy asset there is we just right. transcribe the podcast right. and put it on the blog, and now we're engaging two media outlets where people can be engaging with the content. And completely different search methodologies. Two different search methodologies, and then we take the audio and make it into a YouTube video, and now you've got right. three, right. and it's very minimal effort for doing those. Absolutely. The tools are available to do right. that. And that's a way of keeping your content fresh on the website. So taking lazy assets and then just kind of stretching them out with right. some very simple tools to be across multiple platforms. Yeah, and, and I mean, even, you know, if you're doing a podcast, snap some pictures. Put them on Instagram, yeah. um, you know, Snapchat. Put them out there so that people can discover it, you know, these edges of their experience. And yeah. all of a sudden, hey, there's that picture. Oh, what's that about? Leads them to the podcast. As our producer picks, takes out his iPhone to take some pictures, so yeah, everybody smile. Everybody smile. Everybody on <laughs> listening, smile. Pull off to the side of the road. Excellent. So moving on to our fifth category, how does your website compare to others? I think this is a great question to ask for copy refresh because I don't think it's necessarily the greatest idea to be copying your web competitors, but the assumption is your competitors are doing the same sort of thing of how to keep fresh and right. relevant. Well, I think you bring up a good point. Understand the context of your website in other websites, so contextually. Yeah. So if they're going out and doing stuff, they're going to prompt you to say, no, oh, that's a stupid way to do it. They shouldn't be saying that. That's going to be new content. Yeah. Or you say, wow, that's a really cool thing. You know, you could you could write something similar. Yeah. But just like if you walked out on the street and saw a person with big, wide, bell-bottom jeans, you'd say, they obviously don't understand that's not in style. <laughs> you know, and they thought it was just fine, or a leisure suit, or, you know, whatever it is. So it's the same thing. You sort of can see what's going on, both from a business point of view, but also from a social context point of view. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's critical that um, you want to make sure that not just in your field, but just even website design trends, you yeah. know. Uh, it's very interesting. If you look at Indian websites, they're all very bright colors, Oh, really? That's an aesthetic that Indian people think is good, yeah. that they love. Yeah. Well, we look at it, we say, oh, that's just not right. That's yeah. You need to look. So if we're doing work for people in India, we may want those bright colors. Yeah. And a Web 2.0 site that's really simple and minimalistic would probably not be successful in India. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you see that just looking at websites across the board to see what are other people doing. But also, I think it's a... It's a to reverse the question to go to your website as a visitor. We get a little too close. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I lead an organization different for Savior Labs, and I actually don't do the website. Even though I do right. websites for other people, right. I don't do the website because I'm too close to it. Absolutely. And I'm always asking people, 
you know, what was your experience like coming as a visitor? Right. Because it's helpful to engage your content from a visitor's perspective. I think that's one of the biggest problems to overcome is that first-person knowledge. Is, yeah. is I can't do it with my own content. It's yeah. very, very, very difficult to be cognitive dissidents of saying, I'm going to look at this like somebody else. And yeah. you need trusted advisors, people around you that can look at it and say, this is terrible. Yeah. What are you doing, you know, what are you doing yeah. here? Um, and uh, you need to get those people who are willing to do that. I think we actually do a very good job of it uh, on a day-in, day-out basis with clients. Yeah. Because I, I have an ability to do that with other people, but I can't do that with my own. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. So a sixth thing, and we've kind of alluded to this with mentioning Instagram and Snapchat, but sixth thing for content refresh is just the images on your website. Absolutely. I mean, you want good images. I am a big fan of not using stock photography when possible. You know, they're okay for backgrounds and things like that, but the the death knell for me of a website is the typical people around a table meeting. stock photo that just doesn't work yeah now you know you got to be careful not everybody's a good photographer good photography makes a huge difference i would would definitely say if it's core photography for your core photos for your website i would demand it must be paid for yeah it really makes a difference volunteer basis i mean it's great but it's not great actually (laughs) it's it's great in terms of motivation but not yeah intent i guess yeah yeah. Yeah, intent the the whole they they had they had Parts in the right place. Good intentions. Yeah. Camera lens a little bit off. Yeah. You know, I think paying for photography and keeping the photos on your website is really important. And it kind yeah. of reflects some of what we were talking about right. of you are constantly updating yes. your website. Yes, absolutely. As a company. Right. It, it has to be fresh. I mean, people change. You have different hairstyles, different clothing styles. You don't want a picture, you know, a headshot that is two years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just not. Yeah. Not the way to do it. Especially, I've been to websites where I've met the, you know, CEO or somebody, and I know that, you know, they now have lost all their hair, Uh and I go to the website, and I'm like... Their high school picture? Yeah. Like, where's all that hair? (laughs) Where where did that hair come from? (laughs) So, yeah, you absolutely have to good good photos. I would rather see stock, though. You have to be very careful picking stock photos. Yeah. You can do yourself in with that. So. one of the big stock photo places, I'm a huge fan of Unsplash. Yes. But I can now, I can look at a website and within nanoseconds recognize whether they, their web designer uses Unsplash. Right. They are so prolific. I, I see Unsplash, those stock images now, like on billboards and wow. book covers. And so you have to be very careful because if you're using stock photos, you may be giving uh, visual cues yeah. that people have associations with that you might not want to That's good point. be associated with. Good point. So seventh thing, this will, this will wrap up our list, new pages on the website. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things change. You offer new products. You offer new insights, yeah. new organization. Things become clearer today than they were yesterday. That should be reflected in the page structure on your website. Yeah. And, sh- it, and with Google, kind of like we were saying, why do you want to do this at the beginning? Right. Google sees new pages and new blog content and all this stuff in terms of new pages. Yeah, absolutely. As, oh, this is not only a viable company, but they are increasing and producing more. The, so your search engine ranking, your search engine absolutely. goes higher. Yeah, it has a voracious appetite for new information. Yeah. So just to wrap things up, in terms of what I would recommend to the ex- executing these seven things, Paul mentioned this earlier, you have to schedule this. You have to put this in your calendar. It has to be a priority. You have to put it on the calendar. Second thing, delegate this to who's going to be doing this. You know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Paul, but 
delegating to somebody who knows what they're doing and asking them to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, the mechanics and the technology of it, definitely take that off your plate. You're busy enough running your business or, or at your core goals. You know, there's a lot of people who, because they can do it, think they should do it. Yeah. And that's just not a wise use of your time because more than likely, the things, thinking about your business, figuring out what products are good, all that kind of stuff, nobody else can do. Yeah. Posting a blog entry or even writing a blog entry for you to edit, yeah. they can do that. And so you need to figure out ways to multiply yourself. So delegation is a very good way to do that, whether it's an internal person or getting somebody on the outside. And uh, honestly, you know, an outside person has an advantage because they don't have an ax to grind. They don't yeah. have any necessarily, oh, well, I'm going to say it this way or, you know, uh, it, just, you know, any manipulation points in the game. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, an outside person that is basically saying, you know, that sort of sounds strange. I don't understand it. Yeah. That neutral uh, person could be really helpful. Yeah. Well, if you need this neutral person, Paul is able to help you. Save Your Wives is able to help you with your website. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Edge of Innovation, and we'll talk to you next week. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Save Your Labs. Save Your Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Save Your Labs at SaveYourLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit PaulParisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at PDParisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash PDParisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.